0: We've been in a series on First John. We've just started one. Pastor Eddie has preached the previous two weeks in chapter 1, uh, the sermon, the, the word of life in verses 1 through 4, and he walked us through verses 5 through 10, the God of light, and those messages were unbelievably fire. So I would recommend that you go back and you listen to them. And I love that we are going through First John, because I think what John is, is trying to say in these passages is something that we need right now in our culture, and that is he's drawing a line between what, what real Christianity looks like and what, uh, let me wear a cross on my neck and let me go to church every now and then and say that I'm a Christian, but it really has no effect on how I live my daily life type of Christianity. This is the line that, that he's drawing, that if you have fully and really understood this gospel, if you really know this, this Jesus whom we've preached and whom you have heard, then your, your life would look different. And how many of you know that the culture that we live in right now needs to really see what real Christians look like? They really need to see the expression of a true Jesus that loves them. And this is, this is what he's saying here is that this, this gospel is not just a message of forgiveness of sins. It's not just a message of uh, what we would call cheap grace. It's not a message here of just what happens life after death. This is a message of life, eternal life. John 17, 3, Jesus says eternal life is this. And I love how he, how he says it plainly. Now, now this is eternal life, that they may know the Father and the one whom he has sent. It's very, very simple. He's saying eternal life is basically just knowing who he is, being in intimate relationship with him, getting to know him intimately. I love this, that Jesus says that we can know him. And sometimes I think that we have heard, hey, you can be in relationship with Jesus, you can know Jesus. And and somehow it has it has lost its meaning and lost its weight that God Himself would say you can know him. Do you do we understand how far God is out of our league? Yes. Yes. All right. God is God is it's it's unreasonable that we can actually know him. I liken it to 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 marrying up. Have you heard marrying up before? Where, where, you know, there's, there, you may be smart and good looking and, and awesome, but you've married somebody else who's smart, who's smarter, and who's, who, who's better looking, who's, who's better at all things. I, I tell my wife this all the time. N- not, that I, not that she's married up. I know you guys were thinking and I was going to say that. <laughs> but that I've married, I've married up. And she is amazing. And I look at her sometimes in awe and I think, How, why are you with me? Like, I'm, I'm in awe of the fact that she would put up with the messiness of who I am and that she would want to have kids with me and that she would want to love me and stay with me. And, and so everything that I do right now is, is in all of that. I try my best not, not just to not screw it up, but I try my best to love her. And to give her all that I can because I've married up, and I'm really just trying to say today, and I hope that you get this from the sermon today, is that we've we've married up to some degree, right? We we've married up to, to this to this God who is so far greater than we are. And if we really, really get to know him, like, that would change how we live our lives. So I've I've titled this this message today, The One. Now if if you I think you will see on the screen, it might say Jesus Christ the righteous, so maybe we'll just subtitle it the one, if you believe in that sort of thing, that the one, <laughs> you've married the one, or maybe they, they were the one, I don't know if they're the one now, but um, or the one is in the room, don't look, don't look, <laughs> but we're talking about the one, and what I'm submitting to you today, that there is, there is only one the one. And that's the one is Jesus Christ yeah. and he wants to know you. He wants you to be in relationship with him. So let's, let's stand and read this passage together. First John chapter two, verses one through six it says, it says this, Oh, well, let's read it together. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word to us today. God, I, I pray that you would... Help us today fall in love with you. And, guys, we recognize who you are and what you have done today, that we would respond with our lives with adoration towards you, and that would transform how we live. God, I thank you. God, help us to hear well today. Help me to speak your words, not my own. God, I decrease and you increase. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's hop right in here. So now, uh, you know, verse verse one kind of talks about this Jesus as the advocate, the righteous Jesus as the advocate. But I, I think for us to really fully understand what it means for Jesus to be the advocate, I think we really need to understand verse two first and what it means for him to be our propitiation. It's not a word that we use a lot. You'll see in some versions, it'll say the atoning sacrifice. And what that word is defined as is that there is an appeasement or sacrifice that's offered uh, towards a demand, and typically a a demand of someone that has been offended. Now for us as Christians, in our our view, the way that we would see this is, is that the atoning sacrifice is a sacrifice that's given to appease the wrath of God. And the wrath of God is not a term or, or word that we, we, we preach about here a lot at Grace Covenant Church. The wrath of God. Nobody wants to talk about the wrath of God. But today we're going to talk about it just a little bit, right? Just, just a tiny bit. And, and so what we have to understand, because I think somehow we have a secular view of, of, of God, that God, is, that God is, is angry, and he's mad at us, and he's got... One finger that's about to hit the button, the eject button, to send us all to hell. And he's angry, and he's kind of almost bloodthirsty-like. And the only thing that's preventing God, because he's so angry at us, from sending us to hell is Jesus Christ. Like a, like a, good, like a good friend that's holding another friend back from getting in a fight. And he's just saying, Jesus, he's saying, God, Father, look, don't, don't, don't kill him. I know that Jermaine is a knucklehead, but don't, don't kill him. I know, that, I know that he posted that thing, man, and he, it was stupid. Jermaine, why'd you do that? Don't, but don't kill him. And he said, look, just, just look at me, see me. Don't, don't look at him, see me, see me. And that's the kind of the view that we have of the father, that he's just, he's just angry and mad and he's ready to get rid of us. But we have to reconcile the wrath of God with the love of God. Because we have scriptures like John three sixteen. it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We, we're going to read in First John that God is love. And he's expressed his love towards us. And so we have, to, we have to somehow kind of reconcile the wrath of God and the love of God. And it's not that God is angry. The only way that we can reconcile this is say God isn't angry. God's just, he just has standards. He's holy. He's built different. He's different than we are and he has standards and we don't meet his standards. He is perfectly holy and perfectly righteous and perfectly glorious and perfectly just, and we are not. And I'm here today, I'm hoping today that we can understand that if we we don't get how holy God is, then we won't understand kind of how unholy we are and how much we need God. Hear me today, family. We need God, but we won't get it if we don't understand how holy he is. I, I, remember, I remember one day um, when I was in the office praying. I think I told this story before, but I was, I was looking outside the, win, the window and I began to, to notice things that I hadn't necessarily noticed before. And it was, it was, I saw the trees and the wind was blowing the trees and the leaves were going. I looked and I saw the sun and it was, it was awesome. And I saw the, the mountains far away and I saw people walking and babies uh, walking with their parents. And I saw the cars and I saw, and I saw buildings and all these things. And what I really saw was, was life happening, but life being sustained by not me, but by someone greater than I am who had created it all. And I, I recognized how... Me. It's just me. And me, in face of who this creator was, I fell to my knees and says, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And I think, family, what I, there, there's really only two ways that you can respond to the holiness of God. You can either turn your back to it or you can fall on your knees. You can, this the word I'll use here is, is you can either, it's censorship or worship. Scripture would have it this way. You would, it's either suppression or submission. Romans chapter 1, I'll prove it to you in Scripture here. here. Romans chapter 1 says it like this. Verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of people. And I'm reading from the NIV, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. And it says this in verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served and created things rather than the creator. Listen, listen, family, to this one. Like God has revealed himself to us. God has revealed himself. And when he reveals himself, he reveals himself as a holy God. And our natural inclination is to when God reveals himself, and we all do it, is to suppress what God is trying to do. On a daily basis, God is revealing himself, and we, and we suppress it in our own addictions, and we suppress it in, in Netflix, and we suppress it in social media, and God is trying to reveal himself to us, and we're just saying, not now, God. I'm gonna do my own thing. We see it in scripture, Adam and Eve. God had revealed himself, all of who he is. They're walking with him, and they have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And ever since then, that's, that's our inclination. Now, on the flip side, we see in, I, in I, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, where I, Isaiah sees the king, he sees God, and he, he, is, he is overwhelmed by the, the angels crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And what does he do? He thinks he's about to die. He recognizes that this guy is different, and I'm I'm not clean. I am unworthy, and he falls to his knees, and God touches him in that, but he submits. And so what I'm trying to say here and paint this picture this morning is that, family, I hope we get the revelation that that we we are, are different, but God is different. And really, because of our unholiness and God's unholiness and really our nature that we've taken on, ever since Adam and Eve said no to what? to God's plan and God's will, we've taken on this sin nature, and it requires a price to be paid. And that price is death. And it's, it's, that's the story, right? And we, we read in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, and it says it like this at the end of verse 3. And we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. I love when we read a but God in Scripture, and Mike talked about this earlier today, because when we we see this, we know that the situation is impossible, and it is beyond anything that can be changed with our human abilities, and it's only God that can change. And some of us this morning are, are recognizing and know our own stories and know that we were lost we were blind. We were like the, the uh, prodigal son who we had come to the end of ourselves, And there was really no way for us to turn and find ourselves to God. And the only way that could, be, that could bring us to God was God to do it himself. He did it himself. He brought himself down to earth in the form of Jesus. Put on our flesh. Put on our limitations. Put on our unholiness but he didn't sin. That's why we call him Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he died the death that we deserved. And this is the atoning propitiation, the sacrifice that was necessary to bring us back into connection with the father. Family, this is the gospel. I hope that you can see it that when the father now sees us, he doesn't see the old us. The old has passed away, the new has come. We are now built differently as well. Born again. Amen. Family, that's not, that's not an angry God. That's the greatest love story ever written. Amen. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the one laying down his life for us in our place. And this is what makes him the perfect advocate for our lives. This word advocate is the same word that's used in scripture to describe the Holy Spirit, helper, comforter, uh, advocacy. And it's, I'm going to mess this word up, but it's in the Greek, it's parakletos. That sounded pretty smart. Parakletos. (laughs) It's from, it's from two words that means close beside and make a call. And so properly what this means is this is a legal advocate who, who makes the right judgment call because they are close enough to the situation. Hear it because he was fully man. He knows who we are, right? He knows all of our limitations. He lived it. Well, because he's God, he didn't sin. He's fully righteous. He died for us in our place, perfect sacrifice. And now he's on the throne, ascended to heaven, interceding for us on our behalf, making access for us to the father. Hebrews 4 puts it this way. A lot of scripture this morning. Hebrews 4 puts it this way. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us now approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What a a passage. John chapter 8 gives us a really great picture of God's advocacy. It's the story of the the woman who was caught in the act in the middle of, of adultery. And they've dragged this woman into the middle of the town. They've exposed her. Can you imagine the shame that she's feeling in that moment? The guilt. I, it's, it's a picture of, of really uh, a tough situation, if you, can, if you can picture it and imagine you being caught in your worst sin on your worst day and being exposed. And they're saying, they're saying to, to Jesus, Scripture says that we should stone her. And she's facing death in this moment. What are we going to do, Jesus? so we find Jesus getting down next to her and begins to write in the the sand. We don't know exactly what he's writing, what he's writing. And he looks up and he goes, hey, if any of you guys are, you know, free from sin, then go ahead and, I mean, by, by all means, cast the first stone. And they're still hurling accusations at her. He gets back in the sand, he begins to write. Again, don't know exactly what he's writing, but whatever it is, they begin to walk away. And the moment that they walk away, he comes close to her and he looks at her and he basically talks to her and he says, look around, do you see anybody here? Do you see anyone here that can condemn you anymore? And she says, no, I I don't see anyone. And Jesus' words are, and neither do i neither do i condemn you go and sin no more this is this is a picture of advocacy to its fullest and this is what god has done for us this is what the light does now again the light reveals our sin yes but well, he doesn't reveal it to condemn us so that we can be guilty and we can walk in shame but he reveals it to us so that he can help us in our sins so he can help us overcome our sin and he's proclaiming our righteousness as he stands between us and our accuser and he stands before us and the father and he's he's claiming proclaiming our righteousness to God and he's proclaiming our freedom to our enemy and i'm hearing some of you I, I want you all to hear it today cuz All of us face accusations on a daily basis. The enemy is always hurling accusations at us. Always saying that you're 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 dirty. And Jesus is saying, nope, they're clean. He's saying you're you're not worthy, but Jesus is saying, No, I've died for them, they have value. He's saying, the enemy's saying, no, you're, you're broken. And the, enemy, the enemy's saying, you're broken. And God and Jesus are saying, nope, nope, they're whole and restored by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know some of us are even accusing ourselves this morning. There's no way God can love me. There's no way God can overcome the things that I've done, the things that I've seen. There's no way that I can overcome this sin. And Jesus is here today as your advocate saying, I know exactly what you are going through. I know exactly what you are experiencing. And I'm proclaiming to you what Jesus is saying to you, that you are righteous through his blood, that you are free in his victory, that you can overcome by the blood of the lamb, I could, I, could keep, I could keep going, but I think everyone here knows the accusations that the enemy is tossing your way. And I'm here today to say that, that, that God, Jesus, the advocate, is proclaiming your righteousness and your victory this morning. This is Jesus Christ, the righteous. This is the one. This is what he has done for us. This is what he is currently doing for us and what he will continually and faithfully do for us. And so we just can't chalk Christianity up to just forgiveness of sins or just some addition to a life that, that has no, no bearing on how we live our daily life. To know, to really know Jesus is to know his atonement and to know his advocacy. That is eternal life, family. Cleansing of sins, freedom from condemnation, walking in victory, walking in God's will that's what it means to know him, and that's what it means for him to know you. I've ran out of time, so let me just close with these few things. What John offers in the, the next uh, four verses are really a, a series of, of tests. It's like a, uh, a self-examination, so to speak, of your relationship status with God. If you, if you want to know that you have a relationship, if you want to know that you know that you know, there's a, there's a way that you can know. If you want to know that you are in him, that you live in Jesus, there's a way that you can know. And he actually provides the answers. He provides the answers in verse 3 of 1 John chapter 2. He says, if you want to know that you know him, you'll keep his commands. Amen. You'll follow his direction. You'll obey his word. And he's echoing the same words that Jesus said in John 14, that if, you, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In verse 6, he says, look, if you want to know that you know that you are in him, then you're going to, you're going to walk like him. You're going to live as he lived. Now, again, at first, at first glance, these can read a lot like to-do lists. If I can just check off these boxes, I think I'm good. But I, what John was speaking to, and I think what we all know very well, is that there is a facade and an act that we all can do, right? And we can, we can play the role of, of good Christian, but the minute that we step outside of the, the camera, step off set, right, um, the people that know us very well, they know, right? They, they know the difference between what the Bible is saying and the way that you are expressing it. What you're saying you are and the way that you are doing life are completely opposed to one another. And the only way family, what I'm trying to say here is why I spend so much time talking about the atonement and advocacy of Jesus and knowing the one is the only way that you can really marry your, what you say to what you do is really to marry the one. To fall in love with Jesus, to have your whole heart given over to him. That's why I believe, I believe John is using words like keep and abide, right? Because these, these words, keep is a word that means guard, means to protect, means to secure. And that's what this word means here. I mean, you don't, you don't keep or secure something that you don't value. Psalm 119 says, hide the word in your heart. You will not hide the word in your heart if you don't value the word. And you won't love God's words if you don't love him as the word. Hear me what I'm saying. You won't value his commands if you don't value the commander. He's using words like abide. I love this because abide is this idea that you've, you've kind of moved in with Jesus. right? You're living with him. You know what I'm saying? So when, when, when people, like when you go out, like I'm married, when people, when I go out, people know that I'm bringing my wife with me, right? Because we, we're married, we live together. And like, so people, when they see you and they invite you to a place, they know that they're not going to just get you. They're going to get you and Jesus because you've been hanging out with him all the time. You do everything together. What's yours is his and what's his is yours. You, you are one. And so that's it's a natural byproduct of our, of our lives. If we were spending time with him, that, that our lives would change, that the way that we speak would change, the way that we express ourselves to others would, would be different. And I hope, I hope, family, you're catching. This is just, we're talking about being, not doing. And it changes God's words from a list of rules to the, to the contents of his heart. And those are the things that will, will change us. Second Peter puts it like this. Everything you need for life and godliness is found in the knowledge of God and knowing him. It has... It has bearing on how we live our life now. I'll, I'll close with this, with this story. I need a little mood music to make this really anointed. I appreciate you, Reggie. <laughs> My um, when I was a junior in high school, that was a long, long time ago. Nineteen ninety-eight. And I had a lot of friends who were seniors in high school, and they had a thing called Senior Skip Day, where you could freely skip school without getting in trouble. And So I told my mom, I said, Mom, can I skip school with my friends and my girlfriend? Um, that's part of the story. I didn't want to leave that part out. Um, but I, just, I, wanted, I wanted to skip school. I wanted to hang out. And uh, my mom, single mom, she's working, she's working hard, and, and she's just looking out for me. She was just like, no, son, I, no, you can't do it this time. Next year when you're a senior, you can do it. I was so upset, so angry. So, you know, I did what a normal 16-year-old teenager would do. I, I, I rebelled. <laughs> I, I had a friend call to the school to pretend to be my mom to, to get me out. I know my mom's watching this today, I just, I'm sorry all over again. <laughs> and I got caught right away. So I'm at school and my, my mom, she, had, she gets off work, she comes up to the school, and they call me up to the office. And I already know, when I come around the corner, I see her, she's sitting on a, on a bench outside. And she just calls me over and she sits me down. And she looks at me and she goes, you know, son, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Ah, oh, ah, oh, why would you say that? <laughs> broke, broke my heart. Broke my heart because she had an expectation because of the relationship and everything that she was doing to provide for us. You know, she was just like, I just need you to just listen to what I'm saying. And just do the things because you value me. And I think I just didn't understand it until that moment when I saw the, the heartbreak in her eyes. And I said, man, this is, this is terrible. This is the worst punishment I could ever receive. And so I, from that day on, I'm, 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 it changed our relationship. It changed how I listened to my mom. Because from that moment, I, I, I valued her. It wasn't, so she wasn't just commanding things to me. She wasn't just this dictator that was, that was just mad all the time. But she was my mom, and she loved me, and she was looking out for me. And so it went from having to do something that would make me a slave. And I didn't need to do it then that would just make me an employee of the house, and I'm having to earn her love. But it, it changed to want to, wanted to do it. And that's a son. That is relationship. And this is what I'm saying here this morning, is that this is what the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the one, He's, he's poured out his life for us. And so, no, I'm not saying, you know, just obey Christianity. I'm saying just fall, fall in love with the one who has fallen in love with you and has loved you with everything that he has. And that will change how we live our lives. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today, helping us understand how much you've poured out for us, how much you love us. Thank you to today, God. We, we are all in this situation kind of having to personally evaluate. Do we know you? Are we really walking with you so today is a day of really evaluation whether it's salvation or rededication if you are today hearing this message as our eyes are closed here if you're hearing this message today and you're, you're saying I want to know this God who has given so much to know me Would you raise your hand here in this, in this place? If you're online, you can click the link that our hosts are putting in the chat. And once the hand is up, you can put it down. Just pray this prayer with me. Father, today I, I, I recognize who I am and who you are, who you are and who I am not. And I repent for the way that I live my life and suppressing your truth in my life. And today, I come to recognize your love. I come to recognize your atonement and what you've done for me. And today, I believe in that. I believe in your sacrifice. And I wanna know you and I surrender my life to you. I Thank you. Jesus, help us today and every day. Remember what you've done for us and to fall more and more in love with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, family.